time binge buddies no wrong time to rock episode one i am so excited to do this with your host as always brian dressel with me as always is matt zombie dog saturn boy dykes okay <laughs> sounds gonna get more obscure yeah i <laughs> remember saturn boy oh yeah 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 yeah. of course yeah, all favorite, the films right? yeah. that he's in yeah it's my yeah, favorite yeah, yeah it's my favorite yeah we also have alex owlman arona Oh, I like Owlman. Owlman's cool. <laughs> he is pretty cool. <laughs> this is one I don't even know, but I, I love the name so much, and it just felt like a good Joel name. We have Joel Karate Kid DeWitt. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. I, I think we should just dive straight in, because that's what this thing does. Like This the show <laughs> literally starts with, previously on The Suicide Squad, as Matt mentioned last week on, when we covered The Suicide Squad. Go back and listen to that if you uh, happen to miss that one. Um, and I the movie really that. does. It just picks up like right away. And you immediately can tell the difference that this is no longer The Suicide Squad. This is now a totally different thing. It's much more grounded. It's in the real world. Grounded is a very light term. I don't want to spoil anything for this show because I know, Joel, you're going in totally blind, right? Correct. Okay, so I don't want to spoil too much of anything. There's a lot you can spoil in this show. Um, but it's clearly more grounded, more down to earth a little bit. But it's still 100% the same character that was in that movie. Um, and I, I think that's pretty clear just out the gate. Now, um, I, I did want to jump in here because this, this happens pretty much right off the bat. Um, there is... Uh, I, as a, as a comic book reader, kind of remember there being some, like, racist tones with Peacemaker. And to kind of point out that this character is, like, like they've already kind of shown who this character was uh, in the Suicide Squad movie, that he's someone that takes everything deathly serious. They give him, like, a growth moment within, like, minutes of the show where oh, yeah. uh, s- someone points out, like, aren't you the racist superhero? He goes, no. And he goes, well, you should probably look at white people as much as you look at, you know, other, like, minorities because they commit crimes, too. And he's like, fine, I promise I'm going to try to learn and try to look at the everybody equally. And the guy goes, okay. And it's it's just, like, for me, I, you know, I'm, as a person of color, I thought that was just, like, a little bit of just, like, Okay, we're just going to touch on it real quick. And this character is absolutely willing to listen. And that's but nice. I do, they do touch on it a little bit, but they also touch the little bit. They throw it right in the face of, like, the character. Like, it, it's not like this, like, slight little, like, oh, you've had racist tendencies. Like, he shouts at him, like, oh, Peacemaker. Yeah, you a fan? The racist fucking superhero. Yeah. Whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. Super villain as well. It's like, yeah, super villain. And he's racist like, no, 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 no. He's like, villain. <laughs> He's like, I kill plenty of white people. And he's like, oh, sure. But the ratio is suspect. Like, like, there's no light touch. Like, they they really just hammer it home. Like, this character has problems, and we're aware of that, and we're going to do better. Like, I I really do appreciate it. I I think you're right, Alex. It's it's really well done. Yeah, that was, like, the big thing that stuck out to me. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, I'm into it now. I really really like, as well, the the conspiracy theories that Peacemaker starts to, like, Oh, right out the gate! Right out the gate, yeah. And then, you, like you know, later in the episode, you sort of realize where he gets it from from his father. But mm-hmm. I just love his um, his thing about Aquaman. It's like Aquaman fucks fish. Yeah, I don't believe it. Guy on Twitter works for the aquarium. Said said for fifty bucks, he brings him in the back so he can have his way with a sturgeon. <laughs> <laughs> but I also like that 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 is a uh, again try not to spoil things. But that joke comes back quite often. And, oh like, yeah, yeah, I feel and. I'm just guessing. I feel like it's 
he's talking to this guy who's admittedly, very admittedly, not trustworthy. Full on, don't trust me. It's a terrible yes. idea. <laughs> and he tells him this rumor, and then that rumor spreads throughout the show. Yeah. <laughs> And, just and kinda, I really it, hope that's what it is. <laughs> and it does play a little bit too, like who he is as someone who just like, I don't know, some kid on the internet told me this thing and I assumed yeah. it was true. <laughs> and it, it's like, that's like, it's, it's, it, it gives again more of the character background that I like that. Uh, he definitely, he's, he's not like super intelligent, but he's trying and he's, he wants to be better and he wants to be an A plus student despite his own limitations of uh, gullibility and, and being easily influenced by uh, by non-trustworthy pieces of information. Yeah. But just speaking to his intelligence, he's served four years out of a 30-year sentence, and he's being let out of the hospital. And as he's leaving, he's like, I did it. He's overjoyed. <laughs> yeah. He escaped. And it's like, I you escaped. still have a bomb on your head, dude. Like, <laughs> do you not remember that? They a know where you are. And a trucking machine. Uh, trucking yeah. Machine. Like, <laughs> I like but, that he's like, he's like, like he asks the guy, he's like, is there any cops around? And the guy's no, none. Absolutely not. And then he's like, I did it. I escaped. It's like, you escaped nothing. Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't like, need to have the cops around. They're tracking hospital. you. Yeah. The the little bit of joy he has when he finally lets it out is pretty spectacular, though, because he gets oh. into that tatsy tab, and it's like he's holding his breath to make sure that he's been far away enough from the hospital, and that sort of scream of <laughs> joy is... It, it's, it, it's a strangely... Uh, uh, I don't want to say powerful, but like a, a striking moment for something that I always saw as like a comedy based on how it was described. Oh yeah. But it goes back to what we talked about last week where it's like at the end of the suicide squad, we we're like, Oh shit, John Cena can act. And then this show just double downs on that. Cause this is a very goofy show, but if he couldn't act, it would all fall apart. And because mm. those moments like this one, we just had, and then later in this episode when he's with his dad, it's like, if he couldn't act, the the heart of the show is gone and it's just goofy nonsense i, I think it's also we gotta note the the theme song in well that's where i'm going like oh, okay oh, right after this it slams into what i will argue i will stand on a hill and die with this argument the greatest intro to any tv show full stop this is incredible it's, <laughs> it's so really great. good it is fucking brilliant like, like, the, the song. song they use is amazing and it's so perfect for peacemaker yeah. Was this it's a normal song awesome beforehand? Song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's an actual yeah. song by a band called Wigwam or something. Yeah, okay. Wigwam. I've become a massive fan of Wigwam after this show. I listen to them all the time. Um, I listen to this song all the time. <laughs> yeah, but then after the song ends, I just let them play. And it's all pretty good. It's not as good. This is clearly their best. But like, this is whew, a it's just hell funny. of a song. It's just funny because the song seems kind of gross. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> But that's also Peacemaker. He's yeah. kind of gross. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the just to touch on a little bit, because I, I, I was so into the show, I was really into the making of this sequence. So for the people who didn't uh, go nuts about it and look into it, uh, I'll just let you know how this whole sequence came about. Um, so the choreographer for the sequence is actually Alan Tudyk's wife. So Alan Tudyk was the very first person to do this dance. Because the idea was James Gunn wanted this big choreographed opening sequence, but all of his actors are like, oh, no, bro, I can't dance. Like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm not a dancer. So they went to the choreographer like, I need a dance that anyone can do. And she's like, oh, this is great. I have a husband who absolutely can't dance. So I'll make sure he can do it. And if Alan Tudyk can do it, then I bet your cast can do it. So they practiced with him, and then they came out with this dance for people who can't dance. And that turned into whatever the hell this is. And I'm like, this is just brilliant. It's so good. 
it's an now amazing I kind of want to learn this dance. dance. Like the whole, like just when they're all entering as well, they're having all the like uh, Harcourt when she's walking in doing that weird sort of like almost like robot style dance. Yeah. And then all the cops that we don't meet even in this episode, like yeah. the creepiest character in this show is in this dance sequence and he's just behind the other two cops doing his little like hand thing. And it's like, oh, even yeah. he's there. It's like, it's so cool. Like as, if you've watched the show, watching all the characters pop in, in this opening sequence is such a treat. And if you haven't, like going back to the beginning, it's like, I wonder who all the hell these people are going to be. And it's, yeah, I, I think it's just brilliant. It's so, so well done. Is it the same from week to week? Uh, yes. As somebody who has a yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, it's okay. the same. That's very cool. Yeah. Originally, like, I was full blown in the fan theories of like, oh, we're going to find out like it's going to change a little bit every week and that's going to kind of inform the show. And it's like, no, no, no. They, they struck gold. They're not going to keep digging. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> All right. So moving forward. Now we uh, now we get <laughs> Peacemaker being dropped off at his trailer, trying to haggle for the cost of the ride with Cordo Maltese money. I don't know how much this is. Maybe it's 50 cents. Maybe it's a million bucks. <laughs> you look like a scratch off lottery type of guy. <laughs> it's not a million it's not bucks. A, not a million bucks. <laughs> Which is also a little bit like insulting. Like you look like you love lottery. Yeah. <laughs> it's a. <laughs> Total dig. <laughs> what what does that mean that you look like? <laughs> you look like a. Like, I think he's just like saying, a loser. You look poor and desperate. desperate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> literally, I think I think you nailed it there. I think I think they, he's literally saying you look poor and desperate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, a bit funny moment, right when they drive away with the helmet. Yeah. <laughs> oh god, yeah, that cut like cuz it's it's like it holds on him for a little bit where he's like trying to talk him in and you just think you know, is he maybe done it and then it's like cuts to the guy <laughs> driving away with his helmet on. <laughs> and you know he you know that that hurt him. You know that that hurt. Oh yeah, figure. that was his helmet. Yeah. Like that had to of, suck. That's part of his identity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but peacemaker's clearly just having a bad day cuz now he gets into his house which is all completely locked up he has to break a window to get into it finds out his dad never turned off his cell phone service for the past four years <laughs> he has four years of cell phone bills that he cannot afford uh, and then he gets arrested again all the cops show up like why did you think you got away we're tracking you <laughs> like duh yeah <laughs> and then, and then the, i lo- Leo. the intro to the people is so good yeah so we like get the- everybody we get the we get some of the people from the uh the suicide squad movie Yep. And like a and a new character. Two new uh, characters. Oh, two new characters, yes. Yeah. yeah, we get Mern and we get Adebayo. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, then we have uh Economos is back and Harcourt is back. And Harcourt feels a, she is to me the only character that feels slightly different in this than she did in Suicide Squad. But I feel like that's because she just didn't have anything to do in the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I felt like so, that she was kind of like a nameless character, and now that like yeah. they needed to give her a personality, and they like, well, let's give her this. This thing will work, and like, oh, you were that's definitely not who you were in the in the movie, but it's okay. yeah. And so I don't blame the actor at all. I actually think she does a good job with it. it was just, that was the only one that I could feel like a noticeable shift in, but it also made sense. Yeah. Um. But then after we get done reintroducing everybody, we have to introduce ourselves to Adebayo. Because everyone else is just like, that's Economos. He's eating your expired food. That's Harcourt. You should remember her. I'm Mern. You know me from my uh, my reputation. And then we have Adebayo here, who's just, she's still talking. She's still talking. Yeah. <laughs> A very awkward speech. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
<laughs> goes at one point she just goes i'm gonna stop talking I'll yeah he's like, like right now close mouth i'm biting my tongue yeah. right now i'm not gonna talk again <laughs> I'm just talking. it's just so weird <laughs> <laughs> And then I just, I love, because it's an, a running gag throughout the entire show, and it comes out, like, the first time they meet each other, as the whole scene's ending, and Economos is leaving, and Peacemaker just hits him with the, enjoy my food, die beard. And he's like, what? <laughs> no. Like, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> throughout the rest of the show, he constantly calls him die beard, because he wants to annoy the shit out I of don't him. Don't just... die my beard! <laughs> I just love the, uh, his reaction, though, earlier on when he's, when he's eating the olives. He's like, hey, dude, you're eating four-year-old olives out of my fucking fridge. And like, Economist's okay, <laughs> reaction is go, <laughs> like four years matters, right? Yeah, yeah. they're olives. You're gonna be, they're pickled. You're gonna be fine. <laughs> but after that, we get to meet the world's worst dad. Like yep. my god, and I, I say this as this show started as a Venture Brothers show, which is like the yeah, king of bad dad say, shows. I mean, this guy makes Rusty Venture look like father of the year. Oh my god, like just the worst and he he's blatantly racist just does not love his son uh, and it's just it's an all-around bad guy but like you kind of get the feeling that he probably is just a bad guy like he has a full-blown secret layer in his house yep, so yep. it's like oh i'm guessing he probably is a super villain and then we find out later like from uh like jumping way ahead in the episode uh was it does waller say it or does Adebayo say it somebody says like you know who his father is right yeah. So like you get a hint that he he could be something bigger and much worse than what we already have. Mm. Yeah, and you could again you, you, um he he asked him if he could, like hey can you give me a new helmet? And he gives him a new helmet like they have like different powers built into the helmet but then goes I built these before you left because yeah. I don't give a shit that you were gone. Like I absolutely don't give a shit that you were gone at all. It's like what a, what a dick. Yeah. yeah. But I like the helmets. The helmets are cool. <laughs> But I, and I, that you know, there's even like a part where he goes to get his pet eagerly, and he's like, he loves, which is like the most adorable like thing ever that he just loves his pet. And then on top of that, though, his he's trying to get his dad's approval. Like, look, my eagle loves me, and his, the like his dad had already walked away. It's like get my yeah. phone. Like just the eagle giving him a hug is so yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, but it, it it shows that he wants love and he's capable of love. It's just that like. He is seeking approval from somebody who who doesn't care about him. Oh yeah, yeah. and he's also just like we as we find out in the next scene because now he has to go meet up with the team and he shows up in as I think it was Economos put it full cosplay mode, which is yeah. just yeah. hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> but like you find out he's also one of those guys who very unfortunately just refuses to kind of grow up with the times. Like these people exist; they exist probably more in pop culture than than I than probably should, but they are real people. Like they just don't understand that calling somebody sweet cheeks is not a compliment, but in their yeah. head it is like they need to fix that. That is absolutely true. But to them, they did not just insult that woman. They didn't just call her a piece of ass. They're just saying like, no, you look like a nice person. I called you sweet cheeks. Well, <laughs> again, again, though, that, 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 these, for me, it's about the human element and seeing like the character being capable of growth. And that's where that moment where he goes, well, yeah, if you look, she's got like, some rosy cheeks. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, you're like, no, that's not what that means. And he goes, Oh, Hmm. That doesn't, no, that's not correct. Like he just, he's, 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 he has, he doesn't have like an intent of malice there. He's no, not like trying he's to trying to, 
when yeah. Economos hits him with uh, like sugar tits, he's like, whoa, now that feels inappropriate. Because, well, <laughs> yeah. well, I don't think you even have sugar tits. You might have sugar tits. <laughs> so it's like, yeah. He says that to the guy with the beard. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you technically might have sugar tits. <laughs> and it's just like that whole like, oh, no, no, he's trying to be nice about it. He's like, no, 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 you can't call someone sugar tits if it doesn't apply. That'd be inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> But if I have sugar tits, then you could say that to me. It's like even that he's still just like, I'm, you know, it's men and women alike. You, yeah, <laughs> men can have sugar tits too. It's like, oh, you're like, you're not trying to be like super chauvinistic. You're not trying to be mean. I mean, obviously, it, you you do it uh, without knowing it 100. percent But it's still like he's like, he's trying. He's trying. He's failing. But yeah. <laughs> failing. yeah, he's failing. But you know, but you know, to try and fail is better than just to like give up and just like be shitty and that's why that's what i'm saying is that like oh he's he's capable it's been touched upon a few times he's open to learning yeah he's got an open mind and he wants to do well but you can also tell that he kind of gets tired of being noted after a while like yes he shuts down at the end of the scene like when Mern's like you always gonna be this difficult yep like (laughs) he was just tired of being picked on can can i also i just want to comment on the fact that um you know, you you always see like these superheroes, and they're all ripped and like super jacked, and you never see them eat. And he he orders uh, a salad and zoodles, zucchini yeah. noodles. And for me, that fact was like, you know, how does you how do you get you know ripped? You gotta eat like kind of semi healthy, and he yeah. is. And I'm like, okay, and he he wolfs down a salad. I'm like, okay, you know what? Respect. But the the best thing about the zoodles are when they call him out on calling her sweet cheeks. He thinks they're talking about the zoodles. He's like, no, yeah. they're zucchini noodles. <laughs> I fucking love that. It's just a look on his face, like, what? They're zucchini noodles. It's like sweet cheeks. <laughs> what? She's got rosy cheeks. Yeah. Sweet cheeks means your butt. What? No. Uh. So after that scene's kind of done, we get our very, very first and only real taste in this episode beyond a couple voicemails of Vigilante, who uh, the Internet has <sighs> proudly declared steals this show. Uh, Vigilante is just an absolutely amazing character in this. And it's that he's the sorry, Joel, to spoil it. Vigilante was the busboy if you couldn't piece that together. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, see, I didn't catch that. Oh, yeah. The the guy doing the famous bust dance at the end of the episode. Is... <laughs> I love. OK, I'm sorry. I kind of love the butt dance. Oh, I love the butt, butt dance. dance. It's yeah. my butt dance. My butt dance. It's my favorite butt dance. <laughs> is it favorite or famous? Because I think like... it says both. OK, because okay. I was on board for him. Like, OK, you've got a famous butt dance. I'm on board. Let's see more of that. And, it, and it's that perfect kind of like, oh, shit, I got caught. And now I need to play off like I wasn't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> but the way he tries to play it off could not have been worse. worse. I'm excited because my girlfriend's pregnant. You have a girlfriend? You're trying to get me to set you with a cousin. Oh, no, no, no. I'm excited because we're, we're getting an abortion. Do you want to yeah. come? <laughs> yes. I love that. With the dishes, she's just like, nah, I don't want to come to your abortion, man. <laughs> it's weird. It's weird. So, okay. yeah, if you enjoyed that guy and his famous butt dance, good news. He's in the rest of the show. Uh, okay, just... then I'm very, I'm, more ex- I'm very excited now because I did not know that that was the same guy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, he is. Freddie Stromos is the uh, the actor, and he is just so unbelievably good in this show. Like, I'm happy he has at least one moment in this episode because throughout the rest of the thing, like, I see why people say he steals the show. He's just incredible. I read uh, something as well that like James Gunn essentially went to someone who'd worked with him before and just said, "Is he a, you know, is he good? Is he nice to work with? Is he a nice guy?" Because I can't be bothered working with people who are assholes and like egotistical. And he's like, no, no, no he's he's great. He's very sort of like down to earth. And it's like, and just basically cast him based on that. 
didn't even audition, if I remember rightly. Well, he made the right call because he, he's just just fantastic and yeah. really brings something else to the show, which is great. Um, but that's all for you know next week and beyond when we actually start interacting with Vigilante a lot more as more of a as an actual character, not just like a little side moment. Um, so after this, we we move to the Harcourt's uh, Harcourt's moment, which is really she just shows off how incredibly badass she is. And how she's not willing to put up with literally anyone's shit. And I, I really do appreciate that character. Because she doesn't play it like some unapproachable, horrible person. She plays it as someone who's like, if you're coming to me as a human, I can talk to you. If you're coming to me as a jerk or a perv, get the fuck out of here. I am tired of you. Yeah. And that's a really thin line to walk. Like, that's a very tough role to pull off of not being this horrible person. Just somebody who's fed up with men being men. And I think she does it. And I don't think it's a very easy job to do. So I want to give her credit for it because it's it's incredibly well done. Just just calling him out on the uh, the stalking is so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then also like the you know the guy who hits on in the bar and she's like you know oh only if it's for running fish breath and then the guy's like oh what did you say to my my friend you 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 filthy cut and then like you know grabs hold of him and like fucking almost breaks his arms like filthy what what was that next word. And he also want to finish it for him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what I, I thought was good about it is that she, she definitely, uh, she definitely just wants to be a person. And it, she, she even says like, well, you and everybody else in this bar is making it. So I can't just have a beer. And yeah. like, and for what? Because I wore makeup like fuck. Like, yeah. It, it definitely feels more realistic than a lot of these movies. And I won't just say comic book movies. They will have a similar set piece with a, a female actor and they will make it off as some almost cheeky moment kind of or like a see i'm just as equal as men kind of moment and this is this is very just strictly like i'm tired of your bullshit i'm yeah. tired of this life <laughs> and i live right now just just shut up and leave me alone feels very human yeah 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 and she just does such a good job with that like like I said, I, it, like uh, Joel was saying, it feels really believable as well that it, you know, she's just in a bar and she's getting all this shit, and it doesn't have to be this sort of like, you know, like how Marvel keeps doing this, like that sort of like that wink and not going, eh, look, 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 we're giving you what you want. It's like it just feels like a very natural kind of moment of someone who is just fed up with the bullshit of like they can't just sit and have a drink without some some guys coming up and talking to her. You know it. In, in that, that that sort of, you know, I guess it like inequality in a in a way, yeah. it's more it's it's more just like you know like I don't know. There's don't know this little great there's this little great touch too of like once she eviscerates these people like quiet cheering and and you've always yeah. you, everybody's been yeah. in a spot where like somebody's acting like a complete jackass they just put in their place and there's like a little bit of. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was awesome kind of moment. So it that that also felt very real. Yeah. The, the one thing I'll say about Peacemaker in the sequence is that although he, she is absolutely right to call him out on all of it, like he blatantly stalked her into this bar. When she calls him out, he rises to the occasion like, all right, fine, I'll stop playing games. This is what I want from you. His pitch to sleep with her was insanely <laughs> honest. Yeah. Like the most <laughs> honest thing he has said the whole show it was a terrible pitch and she was absolutely right to turn him down but that was just full-blown vulnerable like look 
you're hot. You just said I'm handsome, so you think I'm handsome. Can we just do this? Like, we, we don't need to make a big deal out of it. Can, can we just make this happen? And she's like, oh, my fucking God, just go away. I've been in prison yeah. for four years, and I'm desperate. <laughs> and, and, like, he, and he thinks about it like, yeah, you probably would be. Yeah. And I also like that he's like, I just mean gentle to gentle contact. No touching from here from here on up. Ah, shit. It's got to be from here. But I got to touch your boobs. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he apologizes. He apologizes. <laughs> It, yeah, yeah, it's it's very good. It, it, yeah, she she just wants to be left alone. That's oh yeah, and like I said, she's absolutely right to turn him down. But I do appreciate that he's like, all right, you're telling me to cut the bullshit. Fine, no bullshit. This I is what you. I'm asking for. Yep, I heard you. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> so of course he was able to find a woman in the bar willing to sleep with him because he's John fucking Cena. Um, it's just very unfortunate the the woman that he found. Um, well, she might be a butterfly. And I, I don't want to say too much more than that because I don't want to spoil things for Joel. Uh, but I, I think you could guess she's probably related to the overarching plot when she can screech like a banshee and can survive jumping out of a window. And repeatedly um, stabs him. Mm -hmm. like, oh, yeah. Like seven or eight times. My notes for that sequence are ouch, 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 ouch. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but there is a scene where he's like, he's listening to some like the hair metal and oh, just like sing along mm -hmm. into her massager. Her personal massager. Let's yes. call it what it is. It's a vibrator. Yes. <laughs> it's a wonderful microphone. Is that what that is? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's marketed as a personal massager. Hmm. It's a um, vibrator. It's a vibrator. Yeah. Um But I, I the the sex scene is funny. His response to the sex scene is funny. My quote from this episode comes out of his response to the sex scene. Yep. Um <laughs> Wait, but I the, also what he screams? Oh, no, 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 Mid-orgasm, he screams freedom. <laughs> no, 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 it, it's definitely after the freedom line, although that, that is a solid choice if that's anyone's choice. And he does it um, in, like, in, in a slightly Scottish accent, like from Braveheart as well. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. You could, I feel like that was just John Cena being John Cena right there. <laughs> it's kind of like whenever you watch, uh, what is it, The Last Jedi? Whenever uh, Holdo comes out of the the thing, you can see her mouthing the words "pew pew" just because she couldn't stop saying it. Um, <laughs> I might have just ruined Last Jedi for some people. I apologize uh, if it wasn't already ruined for you from the internet. Um, but yeah, that entire sequence I think is just great. I love that she just has a collection of all of his favorite records. Like he found the right woman for the right time, and he's like, "Oh man, all the music I missed is here." Back when, sex, men that, men. Here. <laughs> Back when men were men. Back when men were men when they could dress like women. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I wrote that one down. Back when men were real men because they weren't afraid to be women. <laughs> oh, man. But that fight sequence is great. Like, what a great way to cap off the episode because it's both crazy. It looks like Peacemaker is well out of his depth in this situation. Um, and it also kind of feels like the majority of the episode, like I remember talking to, I'm going to bring up John a lot. Cause he was the one I was messaging while we were both watching it. Um, but I remember messaging him. He's like, the first episode just kind of feels like it's killing time. Like it's very entertaining, but like, I don't really know what we're doing here. And then not until the very end, it's like, Oh, so this is linking to the central plot. Okay. So I can kind of see like, there are some threads uh, getting here. And I like looking at it as far as like pacing as a whole, I think that's kind of the right call. Cause like it does give you, it's like, pilot-esque like i know we don't really do pilots anymore but this one still kind of had that this is the world these are the people in it let's just let them marinate for a minute all right now we're gonna jump into the plot 
Yeah, that, I think it worked. That didn't bother me. Uh, it, it, it can be me- meandering and just the character development and table states. That that's perfectely fine for me for a first episode of something. Yeah, I mean, it's like it, it's it's like uh, when we did what we do in the shadows. Like that was the same thing. It was kind of like no, we're not really setting up any sort of plot. We're just kind of introducing you to these characters, and yep. th- this is the first episode. You know, here are the characters. These are what you're going to get used to, and then like you know, set up a little bit of a the overarching plot that's coming forward a little bit. But for the most part, it's just kind of like you know, introduction to the characters, and even even like you know, we have seen Peacemaker before, we've seen Economist before, we've seen Harcourt before, but we're kind of reintroduced to them in this kind of world that that, that it's going to be taking yeah. place in now. So it's, it's like a like a recontextualization of those characters. Plus, this world is a little different, so it makes sense. And we also didn't get, like, that, like I I mentioned last episode, we didn't get that Peacemaker backstory. So here, it's to flesh out that character. Even if you don't, you know, you don't need the full backstory, but you do get, like, some of his influences. You get, like, his favorite bands, his hobbies, his pets, his, you know, his his home life. You get all of that, like, relatively fast succession. You know, you get, like, oh, here's his dad and how their relationship is. Here's how... You know, this is how we, this is what you get his diet to a, you know, another degree. Yeah. You, get, you get all this, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So you get all this, these little bits and pieces that you're like, okay, so now I'm more familiar with this character than the plot just kind of jumps off. And it's like, oh, okay. So now I'm more committed to the character even more so now because I, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, this character is, is, is more than just like a Boy Scout. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and this episode does that very well. Um, but before we get to the very end of this thing, we start going through favorite moments. We should talk about the climax of this, uh, where he's he's jumped out the window, landed on the elbow that he was told not to put above his uh, <laughs> his right head, his right elbow above his head, which he does all the fucking time. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he's like on the ground, like Doc said to take it easy. Fuck. <laughs> he just jumped out a three story window, but he's running away from this woman who's chasing him in her underwear. And he just makes it to his car, slaps a helmet on, and just like that sheer panic, activate Sonic, boom. (laughs) As soon as he said it, I'm like, I wonder what this will be. And when it goes off, it's like, oh, wow, that's an effective Sonic, boom. (laughs) My my note for that was Sonic, boom. (laughs) That was like Phantasm car explosion level boom. (laughs) Yeah. That was like Phantasm House explosion levels of boom. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what okay. I was expecting, but I didn't expect something that big. I didn't expect her to get liquefied. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense knowing where the show goes. She kind of has to be liquefied or they could be spoiling stuff. But, like, it still was a very, like, jarring reaction of just, like, Whoosh! It's like, oh, God. And then you can yeah. see her from, like, like, when they start pulling away. She's just a pile of goo and, like, ribs. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> And then, and it's, then, just it's as, in the next episode. I think the bit I'm thinking of, yeah, because that's just where it ends, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, then, yeah, like yeah, in the episode. in the final moments of him kind of being like real stressed out, real bummed out, because he was talking to her about how he was having a real bad day before he, before he got attacked, and you kind of get eagerly trying to cheer him up by bringing him a dead creature, <laughs> yeah. and, kill him. and it's like, oh, eagerly, you're just you're really just trying to show some show him some love when he's having a rough day. I get that. He, he's a bud, man. Yeah. He's a sidekick. He's his best bud. sidekick. Yeah. Um, all right. I, I think it's time to wrap this thing up. We can jump into our favorite moments and our quotes. I have a quote this week. 
Um, and Alex just almost said it. So I'm going to jump into mine really quick just cause uh, we're already kind of there. And I, 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 uh, I'm just gonna let the line speak for itself. I'm not going to preference it. I got to thank you for tonight. I was having a pretty fucked up day, but when I was in your pussy back there, I felt, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> fucking hope. <laughs> oh my god i think it might be one of the best coital like post coital lines i've ever heard in cinema or like in tv movies whatever just like just so matter of fact when i was in your pussy back there it's like oh my god (laughs) and he means it like a compliment he's trying to be sweet Mm -hmm. totally earnest hope yeah (laughs) All right, that was mine. Uh, Joel, what about you? All right, so uh, there is a whole sequence with his father, including him trying to light, strike up small talk with him while he's cooking <laughs> soup or whatever at the table. And uh, he thinks to tell him this hilarious story about how this mercenary who was with a mission on was afraid of rats. And, like, he was cowering on the floor, and his father's, like, cracking up, like, to where he's choking and he has to get water on him. And then he says something like, uh, tell me... Tell me he didn't, uh, you know, shoot you or something like that. And then he has to, like, quietly, meekly <laughs> look away. And just it just the the light leaves his father's eyes <laughs> right after. Yeah. And uh, it's just this terribly uncomfortable scene. Like, I don't – he just does not care about his son. It's it's that level of not even hate. It's like, what what is the point of you <laughs> kind of thing? And it's it's just number one. It was a very funny moment. And number two, it is a perfect like encapsulation of their relationship. Wait, well, is that that's where it ends as well? When saying, "How did my fucking sperm turn into a pansy like you?" or something like that. Yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah. yeah. Such a brutal moment. Like Robert Patrick in this. Like he's incredible. Like yeah. I, I, he's been a you know a villain in many of my favorite stuff and my favorite movie of all time. He's a bad guy, but like, this is by far the most I've ever hated him. Die Hard 2 is your favorite movie of all time. How dare you? Uh, (laughs) Oh, that's Robert Patrick. Yeah. Yeah. I've met him and I met him and I didn't really know him that well at that time either. I've only seen him come up to your car and go, have you seen this boy? (laughs) (laughs) I remember that now. Now that's where I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. Now that, that face makes sense. Okay. Yeah. I guess I, just, I like that. I still got I that young face. World reference. <laughs> I still, I still remember him as a young guy. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but Alex, what about you? What, what was your uh, your moment for this one? I just love the bud, the 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 buddy. The, 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 I have two of them. The buddy comedy bit with like eagerly, where like when they're driving, eagerly sticks his tongue out the window. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> Um, but then, uh, when you get vigilante and he gets back and vigilante left him like 50 voicemails and one of them's like, Hey man, you want to go, you want to go stop some villains? We'll go up the street. It's right at this address. Come on. And he goes, don't, don't give details and voicemails, man. <laughs> I love the bit where it says P it's V. And then he's like, leaves the message. And then like another message straight up. I just realized that like, you know, I called you P and me V like, like you're a penis and I'm a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My bad. That's not what I meant. God damn. I'm so excited for more Vigilante in this show. He's just so good. Um, Who hasn't gone? Somebody hasn't gone yet, right? Me. That's right. Matt, go for it. So mine, um, like you, all you guys have already said like a lot of the ones that was on my list. So I'm going to go with the, it's actually the after the end credits, like the little, the little scene that comes after that. And he, 
it's it cuts back to earlier when uh, they're in the the room with all the helmets, and his dad go uh, hands him a, a helmet. Goes this one, I'll give you scabies. And then Peacemaker's like, give me scab. Why would I want scabies? And then it, his dad's response is just challenge yourself. Every man should have scabies. <laughs> Every man should have scabies once in his life. And he just yeah, just Peacemaker just go, okay. <laughs> uh, they would have post credit scene in this TV show. Is is that a normal thing? I they mean, do. This one, there, there is one in every episode, but they're like, if you were to skip them, you're not missing anything in the plot. It's just like one yeah. joke that didn't quite make the episode. Yeah, right. it's basically like you know, alternate, like cut footage, basically from an earlier scene. Like you imagine, it's probably like they were riffing or something like that. So you could kind of mm-hmm. see it's like it's in like an outtake from okay. the episode. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So don't if you skip them, don't don't stress. It's not like you're missing anything crucial, but they are entertaining. All right. Yeah. Fine. All right, I think we've done it. Uh, Let's do a very quick round of plugs, and we can say goodbye. For this show and every show on the ATH Network, be sure to check out ATHpod.com. We got Damage Boost back up and running. Congratulations to Brock. So happy to have you back. And uh, for me as a bullywug, check out Demon Days, an actual play D&D podcast. Ton of fun. Uh, Let's go in the opposite order from last week. Matt, what you plugging? Opposite order? Yep, you went last last time. Did I? Uh, Oh, yeah, I did. You went off on my little thing about the Martian, which got cut out. Um, <laughs> you want to mention that again? Maybe it won't get cut out this week. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> listen, listen to the mark. Joel, what you plugging? Uh, so my wife and I do a podcast called Afterthoughts. I'm gonna put the line in the sand here and say we actually recorded the episode, and it's a great one, and you should listen. I uh, have not decided the next sand, book. You say, but uh, Kelly wants me to read something about the Holocaust, so we're we're going real uh, happy, fun time, lighthearted. So. Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, Do you know what book it is yet? She wants to read The Tattooist of Auschwitz. Woo! Yeah. It's a real knee slap. Yeah, she one. also mentioned Fahrenheit 4. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, I had her read Animal Farm and 1984 back to back, so maybe it's revenge. But... Uh, did you just say Fahrenheit 451? Mm. That, that'd be my recommendation. Okay. But, uh, yeah. All right. That's just me. But Kelly, Kelly can obviously she reads more than I ever will in my life. So well, she also I loves that she... book, so she probably wouldn't have too much of a problem with that. But... There you go. Or no, you could do Dune. Anyhow, no. Alex, what are you plugging? Do Dune. Uh, <laughs> I like Dune. Dune's really, I read I read Dune last year. It was very good. Uh, I'm plugging our I podcast. Like but, yeah, <laughs> we're uh, beta testing video games over at Super GG Radio. You can find us on all podcast services, as well as us on Twitter, Super GG Radio. Uh, and superggradio.com for all of our reviews and previews. Super GG Radio on YouTube for our beta breakdown video series. There's a lot of stuff going on. So I'm gonna Sounds guess good. you're part. You're affiliated with Super GG Radio. I think you said <laughs> that in like four times in the space of thirty seconds. I've done it enough that I can now just kind of rifle it off. There you go. <laughs> Is there a Dune video uh, game? Yes, yes coming out. Shit there is one coming. Yes, oh, I wait, think seriously. there's. I, I think it's an early access. It's a, it's like a strategy game, yes. I think yeah, they like, used uh, to do quite a few strategy ones. Like West Westworld, no, Westwood, who used to do the Command and Conquer games. They did a, a big series of Dune games. Yeah, wow. Isn't Dune going to be RTS? Yes, that, yeah, yeah, that's that sounds up my alley. I don't know, maybe. Yeah, and it, I, I Dune believe sounds it's... up your alley? No kidding. It's like we've almost been recommending it to you for like a year straight. But Joel, yeah. Joel, I also believe it's on early access, so you may be able to get it now, and then you can stream it on twitch.tv. Let's see. And then you can read the book. For your other podcast. Afterthoughts. 
Okay, do me a minute. Uh, Dune. I need a Dune. Joel's new favorite thing by the end of 2022 will be Dune. He'll be like, I don't know what I was talking about. It's great. Zendaya? The spice must flow. I mean, Zendaya? You know, that sounds like me. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. This has been an absolute blast. uh, And I'm so excited to get more into Peacemaker because, goddamn, I love this show. Still, as of right now, we're only about halfway through the year. It's still my favorite show of the year. Like nothing, nothing's beaten it yet. D- so. Dune Spice Wars. Okay, yeah. There, there, there you go. You go. Look into it. Want to say bye? 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 Activate Sonic Boom!